This is Jesse Jeronen and you're listening to Full on Focus podcast. Hello, yes, Fulham are back on top of the championship this evening after an impressive 4-1 win at St Andrews. Dennis Adoy, of all people, opened the scoring with a great header inside 10 minutes before Mitro got the second just before half-time, finally superbly burying his penalty demons. Harry Wilson added a third after half-time before Mitro got his second of the game with an absolutely superb fourth Fulham goal. Birmingham pulled a late goal back from the penalty spot, but it was a solid performance from Fulham to earn a very welcome three points. Morgs and Dom are here with me to go back over the game, so sit back, relax and listen to us lovingly talk about Fulham emphatically getting back to winning ways in the Midlands. One up the brum, my name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Right lads, so Marco Silva made four changes to the side that lost at Blackpool on Saturday. Harrison Reed made his first start of the season, joining debutant Nathaniel Chalabert in midfield alongside Jean-Michel Serri. Joe Bryan came in for his first start of the season at left-back in place of Anthony Robinson. And Harry Wilson was back from missing Saturday's game with concussion. Were you happy with the start in 11, Morgs? Yeah, I think given the performance on Saturday, I think he needed to make a few changes. And I think it was good uh, to bring Chalabert in. Uh, I reckon he probably would have started if he'd been match fit the weekend. Uh, but clearly, uh, Silver thought he needed an extra training session under his belt. But yeah, I mean, great to see Reed back. Hopefully, him getting taken off was only a precaution. But uh, overall, you know, you look at that team and go, yeah, Brian, he, you know, did well up at Birmingham in the League Cup game the other week. So uh, seeing him play was, uh, you know, unsurprising and also. Given how different he is from Robinson, it was just nice to see a slight change of dynamic uh, in that. And uh, yeah, but overall, just you know, look at that team and go, yeah, happy with that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good the sort of caliber of player we can bring in um, to, to rotate. You know, we've perhaps um, Marco should have used his squad a bit more in the last game, straight after the international break. Uh, maybe that's where he went wrong. But um, yeah, it was good to see him to come back in today. I think. I wasn't surprised to see Joe Bryan starting. Um, he's an excellent player. Uh, I've, I still think there's question marks over Robinson, but we, we won't we won't go into that. Um, I was surprised to see Tim Ream playing. I thought Alfred Mawson might have come in, um, and maybe maybe Tim Ream won't play at the weekend. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Different midfield three without a number ten this time. Um, interesting to see how that worked. I thought we 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 played by using the wingers uh, quickly as opposed to controlling the midfield. But um, yeah, it was good. I, I thought Chalaber was far better on debut than uh, Keenan was last week, certainly. My concern after that Blackpool game, lads, was that we don't look the same side without Fabio Carvalho. But tonight, I mean, we've completely proved that theory wrong, haven't we? Because we we didn't look fantastic tonight, yet we've gone away to an informed Birmingham side and absolutely dipped them 4-1. I, th- I think when we look at Carvalho, we see an incredibly talented young player and he has dictated games at times on his own and it's brilliant to watch. I think seeing Wilson back in the team today just changed it completely. And he is just such an impressive player for us. 
Um, I don't, I, you know, I didn't really follow him that much when he was playing uh, in various other teams over the last few years. But seeing him come into our setup and adapt to it so quickly, it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's one of those players that you look at him and go, he's going to do something in this game. And I really hope that he can keep that up. But, I mean, that's definitely, um, you know, having him back in the team definitely changed how we played today or how effectively we played anyway. It did, but also having Chalibur as well was was a breath of fresh air. Like Dom just said, it was it was a, a far more impressive debut than than his Watford counterpart Domingos Kina last weekend. But I, I just felt like you know he made a couple of goals. His his overall contribution was fantastic. Um, Dom, what what did you make of him? Talk, talk some more about Chalibur because I think we should probably we should probably go into him a bit more. Yeah, I mean, fantastic, fantastic debut. I wasn't surprised by his athleticism. He, you know, he, he really, you could see this physical presence in the midfield and he dominated, he won the ball um, quick. You know, he, he made a few nice turns as well. And But I, I was slightly surprised, I've got to admit, by his 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 passing ability. I, I didn't think he was that kind of player. But there was one early on, wasn't there, to Wilson that uh, Wilson had a shot saved. That was uh, was that Seri or was that channel? I can't remember now. It might have been Seri that one, but he had a few. He had a few decent passes, and and certainly the assist that we'll we'll talk about later. But but um, yeah, I thought he he dominated. Um, certainly, if you compare him to Harrison Reed, uh, you know how much we we obviously love Harrison Reed, but he outshone him today. I think. Um, I think when you've yeah, got I'm the really sort of, impressed, really impressed. What you've got with Shalibur as well is a ready-made championship player, whereas um, Quinoa, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> came in uh, last week and he had, you know, he played. He was on loan at Granada last season. You know, he but Shalibur had like thirty-eight games for Watford, so he he mm. knows the championship very well. He's played in the league quite a few times, so I think coming in, maybe he just yeah, so maybe he just wasn't match fit. Uh, on Saturday, but coming into it, he is going to he knows the league. He knows these kind of teams, so he's going to be much more sort of uh, adept at it off the uh, off the bat. So that's I think obviously a massive benefit to having him in the team, and also the fact that Silver knows him from his Watford days. It, it's obviously early days, but you think about players like him and and Wilson as well. We we perhaps have have lacked in in recent years when we've got promoted. We've lacked that sort of player who could also step up to the Premier League. Um, we know he's played there before and he's, he's done well there. Wilson, I think, is in that same bracket. A lot of people will say he's one of those in-between division players. I think he's certainly a bottom half mid-table Premier League player as it stands. Uh, just the, the way he, as you said, he, Wilson, he just sort of, you expect something to happen. He's the only other player in the team apart from Mitro, who's if he's one-on-one with the keeper, you think he's going to score. Compare that to Cavalera, for example. <laughs> you don't get that same that same feeling. But yeah, really, I, I think we've I think we've got a squad that early days, as we said, could potentially step up and and keep us in the league. Well, we'll come on to uh, Harry Wilson's one on ones uh, a little bit later on. But before we go any further, Morgs, what on earth is that little drink you're sipping? It's a shot of gin. I just have it it's in a, a shot sh- glass because I can. <laughs> A shot of gin. Normal people have gin and tonic. Morgs just, it doesn't bother with the tonic. Straight for the gin. What a ledge. Tonics are unnecessary calories, isn't it? (laughs) Shots of gin is exactly why I don't drink gin. 
<laughs> my introduction to the drink was shot so it didn't go well as you can as you can imagine so uh, put me off for life never known anyone to sip a shot of anything before but anyway all right well it wasn't the best start tim ream and bobby reed both slipped over inside the first few minutes gazaniga kicked the ball out of play twice and that was inside the first seven minutes as well it, it seemed a bit of a nervy start but then nine minutes in, Harry Wilson ran onto a superb defence splitting ball from John Michel Serry, but failed to beat the keeper when he looked dead cert to score. But we ended up with a corner that Wilson whipped in, and Dennis Adoy nodded home for one nil. Cracking header, lads. Yeah, and you can't beat a Dennis header. And with again, this is comes down to Wilson again. His deliveries from set pieces are exceptional, and this is something that we've missed for so long. It's it's a bit of a culture shock, really. And you know, we've got uh, people like Dennis, who you know we know is adept at a header from a corner, or any of our players who if they can get free, we're going to beat the first man, which is obviously the thing that we haven't done for about the last ten years. And so it's it's pretty uh, special to see that. So it was a you know a great goal against, well, I guess against the run of play. We didn't look yeah. particularly um, you know solid starting off. I think. Uh, they commented on how much they'd watered the pitch before the game, and you could tell they were all over the place. It was like a uh, skating rink. So I think the fact that we managed to capitalise when we sort of had a sort of backs against the wall a little bit, it's another sign of our counter-attacking ability that is quite prevalent under Silver, which may not have been under uh, past head coaches. I think if you you can look at Seri on the other side taking corners as well, we've we've actually got We've actually got two. Obviously, Wilson, I think his delivery is better than Seri's, but Seri can can whip it in the other the other side as well. So it's it's unusual to have a threat from corners. Um, but I've got I've got to say I've got I want to I want to mention uh, Tossin's um, input into that goal. You, I saw the replay and he he sort of blocked like a like an NFL player. He blocked um, whoever was marking Adoy and just sort of clattered him. Uh, just stood his ground. He didn't. I, I don't think he deliberately failed him but um he obviously gave Dennis a free header and um we know how dangerous he is from that position so yeah it was um it was good to see us score that type of goal because we we don't do that very often yeah I think if you saw the um the uh the still of uh Adoy getting up for the header Mitro had a sort of a fistful of shirt as well of the uh the Birmingham <laughs> defender. it's like you know that's teamwork yes exactly exactly <laughs> yeah I haven't seen the replay of it yet, but uh, on uh, the Quest coverage of the Stoke game, I think when Mitro scored a heavy goal from a corner, they picked up on the fact that Tosin did that to one of their defenders in that game as well. He kind of blocked a player up and said, oh, that should really be a foul. So so they don't get wise to that because that's obviously a tactic, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's one of those grey areas, isn't it? I think If if you see he's doing it on purpose, then it's obviously a foul. But... If a player runs into him, I don't know what's he supposed to do, eh? Oh well, we don't have VAR, so I mean, if the referee no, exactly. the linesman can't pick it up, that's uh, it's not our fault. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, VAR. there was shit enough to be fair. <laughs> the referee <laughs> and linesman today. I thought they were gonna. Lo- I thought they were gonna lose. They lose the uh, game at one point. They it was going all over the place, and the referee just didn't seem to have a sort of bit of a handle on it. Championship officiating for you, mate. I, the drop is remarkable from the Premier League. I mean, I know we have a go at Premier League refs in the past, but I mean, the standard of officiating in this league is so bad and it has shit not improved. to really shit. 
Yeah, it just hasn't improved <laughs> over the years. You kind of like think, what are they doing with them? You think they'd sort of at least have half decent ones at the championship. Well, why don't we save the moan for the officials about when we when we haven't won four one, eh? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh yeah, I've got me one. Could have been six. Yeah. Could have been six. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we were a bit sloppy with our passing at times, particularly in the first half. Our intensity was better though, despite not having Fabio Carvalho in the side again. But I felt like we were a bit careless and unconvincing at times, particularly in the first half. But then right before half time, there was a superb piece of skill. We'd mentioned him already. Nathaniel Chalaber somehow wriggled his way through the defence on the turn, um, was hacked down, and then upstepped Alexander Mitrovic to absolutely superbly bury the penalty. Uh, we've talked a lot about Mitrovic's penalty misses and his ability from the spot in the past, but that was a superb strike, wasn't it? Yeah, for um, for a split second, I thought I thought the ref had had seen it was just on the edge of the box and had given us a free kick instead, and I was relieved. But then I saw he, he saw he gave a penalty, and I was like, ah. Oh. Chance is gone. But um, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely thought it was going to be someone else this time. Um, fair play to Mitro for sticking at it. And um, it wasn't it wasn't exactly in the corner. The keeper got quite close. But with that sort of power, it's going to have to be an excellent save, isn't it, from there? Um, fair play to him. He, I still think it should be your number nine, taking your penalties. Um, and I think he'll, he'll, he'll end up with more than he misses if he keeps taking them. I think... I. You see the style of his penalty taking in recent times, and it's been, I think, trying to send the keeper the wrong way situation. This time, it was just like, doesn't matter if you're going to go the right way. This is going, you know, hard and fast. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that's um, what he's got to keep doing now because you don't save them if you hit them that quickly from uh, from twelve yards. <laughs> Well, right after half-time, Harry Wilson had a couple of good chances, which were well saved. Uh, but Birmingham brought on Troy Deeney and the atmosphere from the home end picked up. Then Harry Wilson shut them all up by making it 3-0. Talk me through the goal, guys. It was a cracking goal, wasn't it? Chalibur involved again. Just magic. I mean, that pass, I, I've, I don't think you're going to see a better assist than that all season. I genuinely don't. There's... The weight on it, and he got it exactly at the right the right point where Wilson could just keep running and t- turn it inside the defender. And if you if you watch it back, the control from Wilson is outstanding as well because the defender's coming across and he thinks he's going to keep keep running the same direction, but he sort of cuts inside, takes it onto his left foot, and then sends the keeper the wrong way. That's that's quality to sort of make the keeper you know guess and then place it in the bottom corner. That's just just a brilliant goal, and I think we're scoring some fantastic goals this season. And that one, that one's right up there. And um, you know, it's it all comes down to that trying to get the ball forward quickly. Um, they've obviously been told to to get the ball to the wingers um, without giving the other team the chance to get back, which is obviously what we lacked in the last couple of years. Um, and we're scoring goals like that all the time. But it was a, it was one of those situations where he uh, probably gave him the eyes, didn't he? You could see the keeper sort of trying to stay up, trying to stay up, went down a bit, nah, done him. <laughs> it's, uh, but that's it. As I said, that's uh, that's the player Knockhart could have been. You know, the cutting in on his left foot from the right. Player Knockhart never was. Well, yeah, I don't know, he was good. One. <laughs> I mean, in one game, yeah. He... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but, you're uh, right. It's think... kind of it, it does it does show up what um what an upgrade he, Wilson is on knockout when 
they they play in the same position they play the same kind of style cutting in shooting but but they're, they're leagues apart wilson is far more a complete player than the knockout and um just it's just a just a big upgrade and that's what we need to do if we're gonna seriously get promoted and stay up the difference between knockout and harry wilson is harry wilson probably takes less touches and he's more decisive and he's more accurate i suppose you know he he gets in behind defenses and and buries it as opposed to trying to do everything himself from the edge of the box you know he's more of a team player isn't he oh yeah that's that's his his contribution is assists as much as goals yeah. and it's just but also assist to assist you know he he'll, he sprays the passes around and he's an incredibly unselfish yet clinical player um you know, despite missing that one-on-one first half, but he—I don't know why he sort of, you know, he hadn't really sort of got much uh, Premier League action in the past. I think he was with um, Bournemouth for a bit, wasn't he? There, um, but I think maybe he just, you know, he needs to needed to mature a bit as a player. And I think he is definitely one of those players that if we go up, um, then we can actually have him. We can guarantee, you know, get, not guarantee him a first team spot but he'll certainly be an integral player within the squad rather than sort of getting us up and then go actually no we have to replace you because you're much mm-hmm. like a knockout or you know not cavalero because he played but realistically cavalero um not fit for that league so touch yeah. wood he uh he is as he is sort of um stepping up in his ability this season it, he's already done more than knockout ever did for us in what six six games so i think he's been involved Plus he was suspended for three of them so <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> he's been involved in the goal at least every every appearance he's made for us and hmm. long may it continue it's weird because he clubs other clubs he's played for in the championship at this level they would always say he's he's sort of a bit of a free kick merchant and isn't really much else and i sort of had that impression of him given what I'd read up from other fans, but he's so much, he does so much more than that. He's always an option. He's, he plays on the, on the right, but he's, he's drifting left and right all the time and he's impossible to mark and he's quick and he's excellent at finishing and he can score from anywhere. So yeah, a real talent. And um, I think he could really step up with us. Now he's got a permanent home and he's realized he's not going to make it at Liverpool. Harrison Reed limped off with 25 minutes to go and on came Domingos Keener again. As good as Harrison Reed is and has been for us, his injury record for us has been pretty poor, hasn't it? This is real detriment. Yeah. Um, heel, maybe. It is. And it's it's very unfortunate for him that it does keep sort of, you know, little niggles do keep coming back to sort of uh, bite him. It's, you know, it's a bit like Mawson when he came on today. He actually looked decent. And you forget there's a decent player in there when you spend half your time on the physios table it's, you know much like Congolo you know he could be when he's ever whenever he's played or four times he's played he uh, he's actually looked really good but when you spend four your minutes. whole time injured yeah <laughs> uh, whereas you know Reed had you know Reed played a good chunk of that promotion season and looked uh integral and last team. season and last season though and last season yeah um but you know he it is a worry that he gets injured so much 
because you don't think he's ever going to get sort of head up head of steam up if he just keeps having to sort of miss three four games um so it's almost feels like you know he should if there is something wrong and they keep rushing him back keep him out for however many games a couple of months or so until he is fit and he has sorted this issue i mean given the um the quality of sort of physios and stuff these and doctors and stuff these days in in football teams they should be able to know you know if he is ready to be back properly or if it is a risk every time he's on the pitch because we don't need him you know uh commanding a place for three four games and then pulling up again but maybe some certain players that is just a risk you have to take with them it's almost like he um he needs to get fully match fit before he can actually play games. It always seems to be that the pattern seems to be he's been out for a while. He plays, comes on as a sub, starts a game and then he gets injured. And then he's a few more games out. Then he sort of comes on as a sub again. This time he lost, he, he, he can last a full match and then he sort of hits his peak and he's, he's really good. But by that point, you know, you've, you've wasted several weeks of the season. I'm not saying wasted, but, yeah, it's it's worrying because he's one of our best players, and last season he probably was our best player, I think, um, and to the point where we, we most of us were concerned he might leave, right? Um, but if they look at that injury record, then then, then maybe he's not he's not going to be in demand from other teams. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, it's not too bad, and it was just a precaution. Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I want to come to you, Don, with this one. Uh, for all his kicking mistakes, Gazaniga actually made some fairly decent saves, didn't he? This this has been the first match of the season where Gazaniga has been called upon fairly regularly throughout the game. There was a something of an aerial onslaught, I suppose. Uh, mm. I felt like he dealt with it quite well. Tosin dealt with the aerial onslaught, not Gazaniga. <laughs> um, I, I I would counter that. I mean, I. He made some routine saves. He didn't make any big errors that led to goals, but he made some big errors that didn't lead to goals. Um, and on another day, I think if some of those errors could have been punished. Um, yeah, if, I if, think... he ma- if he makes the mistakes that he made today in the Premier League, then it's going to yeah, cost go a in. couple of goals, yeah? Yeah, I think That's so. Fair. And my my concern is he occasionally does... An incredible pass, like the one earlier, the one to Wilson, and there was one to Bobby Reed as well, I think, before that. Um, just pinged it up straight to their straight onto their head. And that's excellent. But he's not he, he also puts it out of play a lot. And at the same time, I'm not confident that he's gonna claim a claim across or I just I just have I just have my doubts. And I, I think he's not good enough from what I've seen so far. I don't think he's better than Rodak to, to be starting every game personally. But maybe, maybe again, it's early days and he'll he'll kick on. But I, I didn't see anything today that he shouldn't he shouldn't have stopped, if that makes sense. I thought he was just sort of average. He was okay. And he didn't he's move for the penalty. <laughs> no, he didn't move for the penalty, no, but he's um he's grown on me a little bit. I was I was Totally expecting Merritt Rodak to, to be our number one this season. You know, he, he moved from number 12, squad number 12, to squad number one, which kind of indicates that he's going to be first choice. But 
Um, but that wasn't the case. And up until now, I've I've not really seen anything from him. I, I thought maybe he should have saved the, the goal against Blackpool at the weekend. Um, but tonight, I, I thought that he dealt with most of the things that were thrown at him. And the mistakes that he did make were unforced errors. Um, so I, th- I thought he did okay in un- under pressure. What did you make of it, Morgs? What, what did you make of Gazaniga tonight? Well, I mean, you know my appreciation of slightly dodgy keepers. I mean, February. <laughs> I, I still, I'm still holding out hope that he might uh, come back. Um, but he, he, I mean, to be fair, I think he did quite well tonight. Um, Said so, yeah, he made some stops. You know, Rodak probably would have made those stops as well. But at the same time, there was nothing in there that suggested that he should be dropped. But I can't, you do feel slightly uneasy at times, but maybe that's just because earlier in, you know, in the first couple of games, he looked a bit wobbly. But I think he's held his own pretty well. I mean, yeah, okay, he didn't move the penalty, but there's a good chance that Dini was just going to spank it straight down the middle, given his style of penalty taking. True. So, you know, it's uh-huh. it's not a bad bet. I mean, it's the same as choosing one way or the other, really. He just chose to stay in the middle. Mm. But I think it would be fairly harsh on Gazaniga to now drop him for Rodak, even though it might have been fairly harsh on Rodak to have him replaced at the beginning of the season, given the fact yeah. that we all considered him our uh, de facto number one after Ariola left. And he had his season to sort of uh, learn from him. But I, I, you know, he's a good keeper. He's he's he is solid. He's he's making those saves that you know maybe he needs to he should make, but some keepers wouldn't. Um, and I think he's got better at commanding his area. And I think, given the fact he didn't play many games last season, but then again, neither did Rodak. I think maybe he just needed a bit of time to get match fit as well. You you talk about his distribution as well. I know. We've said he kicked the ball out of play a couple of times, but he also set up that goal against Stoke. Um, was it the third or the second? I can't remember where uh, it was. Uh, was it the Bobby Reed goal? I know he set up a can't goal. Remember. I know, not, not can I now. It's bloody ages ago. And I know you were smashed as well. Um, but, but yeah, he, he did. It was a, a long ball and it was it was brought down by Mitrovic and, and created a goal. So that is an extra kind of dynamic to the team that he brings, which we haven't really had before. Um, but I quite, know, I quite like the fact that we aren't afraid to go with a bit of long ball. Yes, same. Yeah, that's absolutely. It doesn't. Absolutely. It's it's good to mix it up. You don't need to play it six feet in front of you or something. Not every, of you not every time. single time. Not every single time. Right. You know. And, and it, it does, and, and it not... catches teams by surprise as well. You know, you exactly. don't know if it's going to be under under Parker. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Under Silver, you're not really sure if they're going to sort of pass it around or if he's just going to hoof it and feed off um, Wilson or whoever, you know, reads pace, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. it's direct, but it's not long ball. There's a, there's a big difference between that. The di- Direct means, you know, the, the, the passing is accurate and there's, there's a deliberate attempt to play over the top to a player in space, whereas long balls, you know, you can just lump it upfield and hope that you have six foot eight striker is going to get on get his head on it it's, it's a very different game but um we've got the we've got the players who who can play that way and who can play a close close passing game and i, I suppose going back to casaniga he's <laughs> he obviously made a couple of errors passing it today but he can be involved in that in that quick passing game where we beat the press and then attack quickly and if if if, if that's what 
Silva wants him as keeper, then then so be it. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to say Rodak should start because, I, as you say, Gazzini hasn't been bad enough to warrant being dropped. I just think it's, um, yeah, I can see some, I can see some mistakes leading to goals. That's all. All right, fair enough. Let's move on then. So, Ivan Caballero came on for Bobby Reed with 17 minutes left. And then here's one for you. Harry Wilson went off for Alfie Mawson as we went three at the back. It seemed a very Scott Parker substitution at the time. But I guess if you're, if you're going, I don't know, 3-4-3 three, three with Adoy and, and Brian as your, as your wing-backs, may, maybe not so much. How, how did you see that substitution? It was, it was unexpected. I kind, of, I kind of expected Muniz to come on for Mitrovic and to rest Mitrovic for, for a bit, but... I, I thought it was pretty much a case of bringing, given that uh, Dini had come on and he'd started sort of pulling the strings a bit up front, I thought, you know, bringing an extra decent-sized centre-back on wasn't a bad shout to see the game out. We didn't need to get another goal. Uh, we didn't, we just needed to sort of ride out and make sure that we didn't ship uh, a couple of goals. Obviously, got the penalty, but um, I think sometimes you just need to do that. It wasn't like it was the 60th minute and we were one nil up you know it was 10 minutes to go whatever it was and we were four nil up we just needed to see the game out we didn't need to exert ourselves pushing forward let's just sort of batten down the hatches and go into the running game on a high that's that's the key difference for me um under parker that would have been a sub at one nil uh and Silver wouldn't have made that sub if we were only one nil up at that time. I really don't think so. I think that I think that's the difference. If if we need more goals and we're not comfortable, uh, we'll go for it. Um, at four nil, bringing on a tall centre back to to counter a tall striker is, is just just logical, really, isn't it? And that Mawson's first impact was to win that header against Deeney at the far post, really, really well, actually. So. Yeah, there, there's there's lots of logic to that, and I'm, I'm 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 all for that. But bringing on seven defenders is a bit different, isn't it? Well, we haven't even got Maxime Le Marchand to bring on anymore for one. Like, with, with <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> Come on, then, lads. Talk me through our absolutely superb fourth goal from Alexander Mitrovic. I haven't seen the replay of it yet, actually, because I was watching it on the on the red button, and there were no replays. But at the time, it felt like an absolutely wonderful strike and wonderful build-up play. Well, I think the um, the interesting was um, Seri making the overlapping run. Mm. Now you kind of expect, uh, you know, Joe Bryan to be coming down there, but out of nowhere, out, out pops Seri, and now great, uh, great bit of play by Mitro. Uh, just the sort of the interchange between the two of them was uh, was brilliant, and that's that's the sort of goal that we didn't see last season. And do you, know, do think... you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the? Uh... The goal that um, Alan Shearer scored against the Dutch in 1996, where there was a kind of yeah. like outside of the boot flick, and then I know I know Shearer's finish was emphatic into the top corner when Sheringham laid it off. It kind of reminded me a bit of that goal. Very yeah, nice that. memory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> back uh, in your thirties. It was it was it was funny because <laughs> Mitro's ended with two goals, right? And he's had far better games for us. But yeah. the thing was, he worked really hard. And that goal was came as a result of him chasing down the defender and winning the ball off him. Um, so he, I think he thoroughly deserved that because of how 
how much effort he put in and he, he wasn't involved as much as he has been this season in, in overall it wasn't one of our better performances this season and it feels weird saying that but um he, he deserved it for his effort i think and yeah lovely finish Absolutely but i think that's finish. that's a that's a key point is that we didn't actually play that well for the most part it was you know we were coming up against a team who uh, had a day's extra rest uh, compared to us because they played the Friday night. They against Derby, they looked really good as well, uh, Birmingham. And coming into this game, I think you know, uh, Frenchy, you were saying you know, I think you were saying one all, weren't you? It was sort of potential for the this game. Um, and it's you know, a draw on paper would have been quite good after the weekend, but we just it was again, it was our counter attacking. We didn't play well, but we took our chances. And we defended brilliantly. Hey, it and... wasn't it wasn't me that said one all. It was good old Martin Mutlow that said one all. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, I said I think I said we were going to win. I, I always say we're going to win. But the fact <laughs> is, we we scored four goals when that uh, we probably didn't deserve to score four goals. Um, yeah. We certainly, you know, looking at how Birmingham played, they didn't deserve to lose four nil. I mean, four one, uh, but. Uh, this is kind of the sort of performance that come the end of the season we look at it and go that that was good this is why we're champions this is why we're going up because we didn't drop points it's in games that well, we should have won the best the best way i can put it is that we didn't tear them in you are so but we won up the brum hey <laughs> hey come on come on go on dog <laughs> Four up the brum certainly would have done that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny. We we uh, I think we ended fifty percent of the ball. Uh, we didn't control the game as you know as people like to like to see. But I think we did deserve four goals personally because we just keep creating chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, and in the end, goals go in. And I think. At, at the other end, they didn't create nearly as much as us, even though they had a few shots on goal. They were fairly routine for for our keeper, so it was definitely. Well, we actually the right we result. had we had fifteen we had fifteen shots on goal and ten of them were on target. That's yeah. a pretty good uh, stat for and us. You, yeah, and you think of the ones we missed as well. That that Wilson chance should have been a goal. Uh, Bobby Reed should have had a shot after that, uh, where he tried to square it instead. The chances were, were really good chances compared to theirs. So, yeah, just great it's to amazing. watch. Free-flowing, attacking football, right? It's amazing that the uh, the shots on target now have gone up since a certain person left for Greece. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, the only blot on the copy paper tonight was the uh, the penalty that, that Birmingham scored. As we've already said, Gazaniga didn't move for it. Fair enough. Maybe you stood in the middle thinking that he was going to blast it down the middle. Was it a penalty for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pulled yeah. him down. Yeah. You can't, I couldn't yeah. really argue with it. I don't even um gentleman Jim couldn't argue with it when he looked at it. He up. tried it first and it's all right. He did try right? it first, but <laughs> even then it's sort of like when you see it's like he's kind of falling down and bringing him down with him. It's uh, yeah, the, the best you could give it was uh uh, we probably want that if it was the other, at the other end. That yes. means it's Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If Gentleman Jim says it's a penalty, it's definitely a penalty. All right, let's, let's come on to man of the match then. I think for me, I'm going to give it to the debutant Nathaniel Chalaber. 
just all round great performance, couple of decent assists, and just you know, we I kind of asked the question on the podcast the other day about our strength in depth because the fact that we had to put in the likes of um, Akina. I, I did wonder whether we'd overstated our strength in depth slightly, but bringing in Chalaber and still having Josh Onomer and Harrison Reed and all these other players in, in, in a similar position just makes me think we, we are so strong in that area. So Chalaber for me, what about for you boys? Um, I'm going to go with the obvious Wilson, I think um, just because if you, if you compare this game to the one against Blackpool, he was the missing link. I really think he was a missing link. And I think if he was playing against Blackpool, we we would have won it. Um, simple as that. He's involved in everything. Uh, quick, direct, great left foot. Just, yeah, he, he, he ran the show. He really ran the show. And I was going to, well, I was going to say Shalibur. And you said Shalibur, so I was going to say Wilson. And you said Wilson, so they're kind of half half a man of the match each because I thought they were both brilliant. <laughs> and I think uh, Shalibur has basically set Stool up to be uh, an important part of our team. And Wilson's only just uh, cemented the fact that he is. And I think as long as they stay fit, um, and if, yeah, if obviously Wilson had his injury from the Welsh game, uh, which didn't seem to be having any effects on him, I think, uh, yeah, those two are going to become very important along with... Well, there's not many players in that team right now that you would drop, which is which is a good thing to have. Um, and so we've just got to hope that the you know the fitness fitness uh, remains strong. Good stuff. All right, lads, let's draw a line underneath Birmingham and let's come on to Reading at home on Saturday. Fulham. All right, lads, let's turn our attention to Saturday's game in Reading then. Juicy one for me, this, against uh, those bastards up the road from where I live. They're currently under a transfer embargo, although they ended up being allowed to bring players in either on loan or players without a a club on a one-year deal uh, just before transfer deadline day. Scott Dan joined and Danny Drinkwater also arrived at uh, I was going to say the Medeski Stadium. I don't even know what their ground's called anymore. It's got some stupid sponsorship, hasn't it? Um, but Danny Drinkwater was injured immediately upon joining, and he joins a long list of injuries that the Royals have got, including goalkeeper Rafael Cabral, who punched a whiteboard after seeing his side lose a 3-1 lead at home to QPR last week and broke his hand. Clever. Very clever. <laughs> uh, Reading tend to concede a lot of possession, lads. How do you see this game going? I I I want to stop short of saying it's going to be an easy win, but um, we're going to smash them, aren't we? I mean, they've they've conceded. I'm pretty. I think I'm right in saying they've conceded the most goals in the league, apart from Peterborough, who are pretty easy pickings. They, they score a fair few. So their goal difference isn't too bad, but we've seen how how good we are at scoring goals. It's. On paper, it's no contest. We obviously know that's not always how it goes. But tonight was a really important, really important game after after Blackpool to see. It was, it was sort of Silver's first step back. How how do we how do we bounce back from that? We absolutely smashed it, and I think they'll be on a high on Saturday. Uh, and I can't see any result other than a comfortable Fulham win, to be honest. I mean, if you look at the fact that Birmingham before tonight had conceded three goals in six games. And now they've conceded seven 
in seven. Uh, the fact that Reddy have conceded seventeen, uh, it's I mean it's got one nil Reading written all over it. Really, isn't it? <laughs> we've we've got a dreadful record against Reading at home. Yeah. Um, mm. Last time we played them at the the cottage was on New Year's Day, just before lockdown, um, and they beat us. Um, and I've I've watched Fulham play Reading a few times at home. I remember years ago. Um, Ian Pierce, I think, was sent off in the first five minutes, and Kevin Doyle scored a penalty, and they beat us one 0 It's the last game my my dad ever went to. He's not dead; he just doesn't bother going anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just to clarify, he's, he's not dead; yeah. he just doesn't want to see me. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's been a few. I, I remember the um, the two when we beat them four two and we were two 0 down at, at half time and Orlando Sar scored for them. Um, there was another one where I, I, actually I think it was the same game. I think Lucas Pearson scored for them in that same game. Um, but we, we I, I just I always worry when we're playing Reading at home. I've, was it the Premier League when they'd already been relegated and they they beat us and Brian Ruiz scored a couple of goals where they beat us four. 4-2 or 4-3 or something like yeah. that. So it almost feels like they're a bit of a bogey side for us. Let's um, forget the playoffs as well. Of course the playoffs, yeah. The play- let's forget well, the, the playoffs. Let's definitely forget <laughs> the playoffs. When uh, when Thomas Callas's arm was knocked into the ball by that... Oh, God, what was that, that French Kermigan. striker? That was, Kermigan. Yeah, Kermigan, Kermigan, yeah. Um, so yeah, it feels like they're a bit of a bogey side. So although they've... They may have conceded 17 goals this season, and we are flying at the moment. We we do still have a, a Blackpool away performance inside us, and you know, the, the Blackpool are probably the, the lowest team we've played this season so far. And now Reading are down there as well. So should should we get carried away with this? Do you think, or yeah. is this going to be? Yeah, a, why not? A, Go on, it's gonna, Christmas. Is this, going to, is this going to be as straightforward as it seems? I think given the fact that, you know, we are playing so well, we're counter-attacking very well against a team that has you know incredibly leaky defence, we're going to score a couple, surely, especially in front of our own fans. And obviously last season's home record was terrible, but in, at an empty stadium uh, with a terrible team, you know, just is what it was. Um, Whereas this time round, you know, the, the ground is buzzing again, and it's it does help, and it will g the players on. And given the fact that Mitro's so confident at the moment, I mean that makes a huge amount of difference. So I I just can't see us messing it up, uh, and at the very least, we'll score a couple. And but fact- but our defense is looking so good at the moment. So hopefully, touch wood, you know that's. Uh, that's a sign that it should be fairly routine. The fact that Reading are under a transfer embargo and have got so many injuries at the moment. I don't know what their their top scorer from last season is called. I was, I was at my uh, Lucas Yeah, I was at, I was at my mum's earlier, and my mum's husband is a Reading fan. He was talking me through all their injuries and all the players that they're missing, and I almost nodded off to be honest because I, <laughs> I love I as much as I love listening to stories about Reading. <laughs> um, but, but but yeah, they're they're, they're really they're, they're really struggling with injury. So I, I feel like we we should pick them off on Saturday. But then 
like like I said on on the pod last week, I I, I expected us to beat Blackpool, um, and we didn't. So I, I'm just going to try and be a little less cocky, especially against the team from just up the road from me as well. I, I really want to beat Reading. Um, this this is this is a big game for me. So. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll do them. Anyway, but look, uh, as you ha- said, you know, with the with the keeper out, they're playing there. They keep the they got a young guy playing at the moment. Mm. He's only twenty three. Actually, I saw him uh, he made quite a good stop last night. But you'd think put pressure on him, and yeah. there's a mistake to squeeze out of him, unless uh, the uh, the whiteboard smasher uh, miraculously <laughs> the white- recovers. The whiteboard smasher. I mean, what a tosser. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Bang, I'm going to miss the next couple of months. What an idiot. What an idiot. I like it as a brick wall either. Whiteboard. Yeah. Well, you probably didn't think it was going to hurt. <laughs> it's like, it's going to look really good and really, yeah. you know, strong man. But, uh, yeah, at least I won't hurt myself. And um, that's him fucked. Yeah, what a knob. Was it um, Dave Besson or something back in the day that uh, ended up missing a, a few games because he dropped a bottle of tomato sauce on his foot? Did, was it him and then David James or someone dropped a bottle of salad cream on his foot or something? Uh, might, that might have been it, yeah. Some, yeah. some, some, some idiot called David, anyway. Anyway, how, how do you see the team uh, on Saturday? Well, how do you think we'll line up? Do you think we'll keep it very similar? Do you think Anthony Robinson will come back in? What, what do you think, guys? Personally, I think Robinson will come back in. I think, you know, I love Joe Bryan, mm. um, but I don't think he really did enough to warrant... Um, you know, keeping that spot, uh, mainly because I think Robinson was just given a rest tonight. So I think the idea probably would have always been to have him come back in for the Reading game. I think, aside from that, I, I read if Carvalho is fit, probably bring him back in for Reed, uh, especially if Reed has picked up a bit of an injury. Uh, but aside from that, I can't really see any changes that I would make. It's, you know, a little tweak here and there. Just to keep the players fresh, thing is only three days between games, two and a half days even. Pretty much, yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd bring Mawson in for Reem, um, because obviously Reem, international duty. He played only a couple of days before our last our last game, and he's played both Saturday and Wednesday now. Um, I'd give him a rest. He's playing well, obviously, but he, he's not. You know, he's he's not a machine. So um, bring Mawson in. Um, and then, then bring Ream back on after 15 minutes when Mawson gets injured. Um, <laughs> You've had enough rest now, Tim. Come on, not forget. I'll get off Twitter. Exactly. Get on the pitch. You can do 75. You can do 75, mate. Um, but yeah, otherwise, pretty much what pretty much what Morgan said. Maybe maybe rest Seri. Frostbite might start getting to him soon. Uh, I don't know what point that that, <laughs> that starts to kick in. I mean, Seri's had a three-year rest. Now, mate. Mate. Is it? Is it... He's had a three-year rest. He can, he can play up until the African Cup of Nations, at least. Yeah, but his toes, his toes, mate. Come on, <laughs> he's, only, he's only good in, from May to August, mid-September. He's, he's, been, he's been superb so far, but perhaps the championship is his level. Don't tell him Maybe. that. I don't know. I don't know. Don't he, he has been. Yeah, he, he has been great so far, but he weren't great in the Premier League, was he, the first time round? But then, then nobody. Yeah, but was, no one was. So. Yeah. Nobody was. Nobody was. Hmm. Who'd have thought it, eh? Who'd have thought it this time last year? If if someone had said to you this time last year that we'd be we'd be top of the league in the championship and and Jean Michel Serry would be one of our best players, would you believe them? It's a bit of a uh, football manager scenario, really. 
doesn't seem yeah. like it should have been real. But... I know, I know, but he's he's been pretty superb for how, what is it six or seven games so far. And, so and all credit to him as well. I mean that's yeah. From the point of view of you know having just been, we we kind of um, had a go at him as a fan base massively for his attitude. Yeah. But I mean he's come in this season with a brilliant one. And maybe it wasn't really his attitude the whole time. Maybe it was just sort of finding it too difficult in the Premier League, or maybe he just, you know, under the you know the ever-changing manager situation that season, and he just was taking a bit of a hit on his uh, his morale, his confidence. So perhaps he just needed sort of the managers put his arm around him and say, "Look, you know, rebuild your career here." Probably not in so many words because he's probably saying, "My career is fine." Um, with the last year of your contract but, and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, earn that move away and <laughs> you know he's everybody's come in and he's he's done incredibly well and long may it continue until someone in january comes in with a stupid offer for him no he's not going anywhere the, the thing that pisses me off most about him was that he publicly admitted uh, a few months after joining that he before he signed for fulham he'd never heard of fulham I mean, just keep your mouth shut, mate. If you've never heard of Fulham and you're coming over here, just you don't need to say that. Just you know, bit of common sense. Because he probably said that to an Ivorian newspaper in confidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've just, I've just seen that Mitrovic goal from tonight again on telly. Superb goal. What it was was just maybe, like that Shearer goal in uh, in Euro '96, and that's or maybe in uh, it maybe Jan- in January, maybe Aris. And the Greek League are going to come back <laughs> over to us and go, hang on a minute, that's not, we wanted that one. <laughs> Take the other one back, great, he's useless. for you. <laughs> All right, lads, let's, let's go on to a score prediction. What do you think, Fulham versus Reading? I'm going to go turn, turn it around and go with 4-2 to us this time. You reckon we're going to concede twice? I mean, John, it depends. It's, John, it depends if Rodak, if Rodak comes in or not. John Swift's on fire for Reading, to be fair. He's banging him in at the moment. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 to us. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to go 5-0. I think we're going to hammer <laughs> just like we did, Just like we did in the slab season. That was 5-0, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. come on. Come on, let's, let's absolutely hammer Reading this time. That'll, that'll be... That'll be... Absolutely superb. I'm going back to my mum's after the game. Mum's come to the game with me. Going back to my mum's and go and face her husband. He's a Reading fan. And um, and just give it, give it the big one. That's that'd be lovely. <laughs> you can screw and, you, stepdaddy. Yeah, exactly. The pretend rivalry, yeah. And if we lose, then I'm just not going to go around there. Mum can walk home. The eight miles. <laughs> from, from Fulham. The, the eight miles from my house back to hers. Sorry, mum. <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right all right uh thanks lads let's leave it there then just another reminder that you can subscribe to the full and focused podcast on itunes spotify and wherever else you may care to get your podcast from also remember to follow us on social media on twitter we are at fulham underscore focus and on instagram at fulham focus also check out our website at fulhamfocus.com where you'll find all sorts of great additional content too We'll be back on Monday morning to go back over Saturday's match with Reading. Enjoy the rest of your week and see you at the cottage on Saturday. Thanks for listening, folks. Cheers. <laughs>